And if you had asked me what sustained us during COVID and why, how we doubled the numbers after that, was because God gave us an idea in prayer. It was on strategic planning. Now, of course, we use our brains, we have graphic design, we do all the stuff that we practically did have to work our butts off to get it done. But it wasn't our initiative. We were responding to initiative. So Gabriel Stradom is the Youth with a Mission, Fire and Fragrance missions-based leader in Potchefstroom, South Africa. They grew from 27 full-time missionaries to 110 full-time missionaries in three years. These missionaries went to 52 nations in Africa and led about 17,000 people to Christ in street evangelism over the previous year. He will stir your passion and fire to be on mission with Jesus. So Gabriel, yeah, love your story, sir. That is just so inspiring. Much. It's so, so the hand of God. And what you said there, the disruptive voice of God. You know, we tend to just live our own lives and live safe. Amen. And we actually need the disruptive voice of God. Amen. We need that. But I guess also we need to prepare our hearts. We need yeah. to ask for it. And you were hungry. You were, you, you were like, God, I want you. I need yes. more of you. And that set you up for that disruptive voice. So, uh, so let's continue the journey. Yes. Let's yes. Uh, share us a bit of the rest. And yes. Before, before we like, we want to get into co-creating, yes. co-creating with God. So we're going to move to that, but let's let's yeah. uh, follow well, the journey. If, if we go just two seconds on the disruptive voice of God, we need to realize there's nowhere in the whole Bible where somebody God speaks to somebody and their life says normal. Just think about Mary, woman who is highly favored. Her life like was totally disrupted when the angel Gabriel came and spoke to her. Right, Abraham. God spoke, leave everything. But he was an idol worshiper, right? And God spoke, and he pretty much lost everything. He gained a ton again, but he lost his family. He lost his family religion, got a new religion, right? Like everything changed. I think it's so important. And sometimes we need to fear God and ask him that question because he will answer us because he loves to speak. He's relational. So long story short, um, in my story then, I moved away from um, youth of Mission joined Global Awakening. It's a ministry school I do with Randy Clark. But I think there's an important piece I want to add here. Um, is my when when I I had such a charismatic conversion first year of Christianity. It was like, and it was not charismatic because of the church culture I was in. It was just my encounter was charismatic. It was like the grace, the power of God met me. Right, it was wild, right? and I and I didn't know what to do with it. Right, it was not, I like most of the times when wild stuff happened, I want to run away because I was like, I don't know, like I'm afraid they're gonna ask me to do it again. I don't know how to do this again. You can't make it up. There's no formula, and um, but there's a lot of pressure that was placed on me by different people to go like, you need to know the Bible, 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 and, and I agree, I love reading, right? But it was done in such a way that I looked at a lot of people's lives and I was like, you literally don't live anything in this book. And you're treating me like I am the one who's losing, losing something. Like you're treating me like I'm immature. But I don't see anything of you ever telling stories of how God is moving your life. I'm not seeing anybody get saved around you. You look like Christianity is like a cultural thing for you. I'm seeing no evidence of the fruit even you. There's no joy. You look like you, you don't like what you do. 
But you know, but you know the Bible. But you know the Bible. You're very smart, but you're a jerk. <laughs> right? And I was like, I remember one day in a class, like I just hit my hand on the table after somebody made a comment again. I stood up in the class. I told him, if studying the Bible makes me like you, I never want to read that book. And I just walked out of the room. Yeah. And I think it's a great warning for people. Yeah. To go like, you need to understand that young people don't look as much at your knowledge as they look at your character. Yeah. They look at your life. Right? Christians read the Bible and the world reads Christians. And if we don't live the type of life that looks like there's God activity, I'm not just talking about the supernatural. I'm talking about character. Are you patient in airports? Right? The greatest way that I look if somebody has good character is when you stand and waiting for your baggage at the airport, do you push to go stand in front or do you stand and wait for other people? That's a great way to see how much character your life is or are you just self-serving, right? And young people look at stuff like that. They don't care about a lot of times about how much you know because they can Google, YouTube, chat GPT, AI, all the answers they want. But you can't produce fruit without the Spirit. And so I think that just the danger, just to touch on that, is like I think for all Christians, the, I feel like one of the biggest dangers is what, what people call the religious spirit. Yeah. You're religious. Yes. You talk the talk, maybe read yeah. your Bible, go to church, you say, I'm blessed. But you're not moving for Christ. You're not, no. lives are not being transformed no. through you. So you're not focused on results. And so mm. I tell our guys, guys, we're not just praying to keep yeah. ourselves busy. If the prayer doesn't produce results, yeah. we're being religious. Yes. God wants results. He wants yeah. lives changed. Yes. You know, so I think that's the danger. We get into this mode, this cultural Christianity, yes. as you mentioned, which is going through the motion. We go to church, we read a Bible, we do a little devotions, but lives are not being impacted. Yes. And, they, and we need to wake up. So I, I love, I love yeah. what you're saying. And so I went to this ministry school, Global Awakening, and it was probably the greatest gift God could have given me. Because I had the danger of getting an anti-intellectual Christianity because of the hurt that I experienced with a little bit of the pushback I got from people. I remember Randy got up and he showed a video of a guy getting out of a wheelchair. And I was like, this is amazing. And then he spent the next week talking about church history and theology. Hey, Randy is very educated, PhD in and he talked theology. About, right, and then he came to me and literally gave me a prophetic word, handed me all of his books, gave me his wild word. And it literally felt like something broke off. I got such a hunger for studies, reading, right? Because somebody modeled that loving God with your mind and walking in power is not a contradiction. Yes, absolutely. You're commanded to love God with your mind. Yeah, yeah. Right? But it's not a sign of spirituality. It's an action of love. Mm. And so it was super important. I, I want to share that before I share the rest of my story. So long story short there. Um, but and also, maybe just to touch on yes. that, what often happens, somebody moves in the spirit and they're excited about Jesus and then they get pushback yes. from, say, yes. the more intellectual side of Christianity yes. and then they reject it. So it's something yes. to actually watch out for. Yeah. So I agree. We need to, we need to, we need to learn. We need to yeah. study. We need to use our minds. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I think in that then, I went with Randy to Brazil, saw tons of wild stuff. People get out of wheelchairs, people get healed from cancer. Like, it was the wildest things we experienced. Um, and then got asked to do a few more ministry things with them. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm 23. I, there's tons of ministry open doors. Like, this is the good life, right? I'm, thanks, God, you got me. Let's go. And one night in a prayer meeting, I felt God say to me, if you say yes to Africa, I'll make it happen. And my first thought was, get behind me, Satan. Like, I live in If you America. say yes to Africa. Uh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, no, no. I have the land of milk and honey. I'm living in America now. 
Why would I ever go back to load shedding? And what did that, that, that time wasn't load shedding, but I knew it was going to happen or something. Yeah, no, Africa versus America, definitely the, the Lord said America, yes, it's Jesus. Like, and the Christianity just blessed me, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed. Um, and so I like, I'm like, man, this is God. So the next day, the worship night, and I'm worshiping the Lord, and um, I, I asked God, because I, 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 I was kind of afraid to keep on talking about this, because I'm like, oh, this is God, I can't deny it, but I don't want to ask him more details, because he's going to tell me, right? And I said, okay, Lord, like, when do you want me to go? And I felt he said, hey, if it, wasn't, if it was my decision, you've already been there. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm sorry, please forgive me. If you, if you make it happen, I'll go. So then, in faith, I canceled my housing situation, canceled my phone plans. I had no money to get back to South Africa. On the Saturday, a lady walks up to me and says, hey, if you say yes to God's call, I'll pay for your plane ticket. <laughs> Buy a plane ticket, right? Um, I just got the craziest ministry opportunity in America. The craziest opportunity. God says, say no. Like, and you're 23. Yes. Wild opportunity. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm saying no. I don't want to say no. I say no. Um, I say no to that opportunity by the plane ticket to fly back to South Africa. There's a prophet in town there at the conference. He calls me out. He says, God says you could have chosen headlights or history, headlines or history to be a shooting star or constellation. You just made a choice where you chose to make history instead of making headlines. And he just gives me this whole word about the impact of my obedience. He doesn't know anything. There's like 5,000 people at this conference. So I'm rocked. Go back to South Africa. The town I grew up in, the town I messed up, all this drug stuff happened there. And um, I, my best buddy then gets the opportunity I was, I was offered, which is hilarious. He's traveling around with all my heroes, right? He's like sharing stages with people that I look up to. And um, me and my best buddies um, in South Africa start like this little worship night, just me and him. And um, I'm sitting in the room with like four people. My friend is preaching in front of 5,000 people that job that. That's a taste. And I'm like, Lord, <laughs> like, and, 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 and why? And I felt the Holy Spirit just asked me, I thought you said you want to come with me. I'm in pot right now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, God help me. So me and my friend, Efria, phenomenal guy, we're in his, in his, um, uh, in his residence. And we started worshiping together, just me and him. And we write on the wall in the pursuit of one. I was like, God, we just want to meet your wonder. Like, and we said to each other, our goal is to see how close we can get to God without dying. That's it. Let's just see how close we can get to him. Oh, that's epic. Right. So then he invites his girlfriend, who's now his wife. I invite my girlfriend, who's now my wife. And our biggest nights were like 600 people, multiple churches, like hundreds of people getting saved. Like we would like have to tell people, can you please take off your glasses? before we started worship, because there was like a hand that will move through the crowd. It was like, like people, like nobody touched people. They would just get like a wave, just presence. That friend of our, friends of ours went, <clears throat> seven of us went to the Amazon the first year, just friends, not a part of any organization. And the next year, 18 of us went to Nepal. And the third year, 56 people went to five different nations, just buddies, right? No, no organization, nothing. I remember in that time, like, the reason we did missions is because we beheld Jesus. And in his eyes, we saw the nation. It's like, how can I say I love God? And there's three billion people who's never heard the name of Jesus and just sip a latte and not be bothered by that. It's like, it's like, hmm. 
Oh, yeah, that's like, it's, it's confronting to me. Yeah, right? it's no, like, there's like... Should rock one, that right, should rock you. It's like there's three billion people who doesn't know there's an option outside of what hell they're in. And we're fighting around church politics and like what type of like stained glasses we want. Like it's just was strange to us. Yeah, we've, friends, missed, we've, yeah, we've missed, we've missed the, 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 the core of what Christianity and the mission and the Great yeah. Commission is about. And, and, and there's something in that that's like all of us must have learned to some extent, right? And that's why the only reason we're missionaries is because we serve a missionary God. Mm-hmm. Jesus came as the ultimate missionary. The Father sent the Son. The Son and the Father sent the Spirit. Like we serve a missional God. And I think in these worship nights, what we beheld in the beauty of Jesus was his heart for the nations. And our friends just did it. We all were like, like none of us were full-time in ministry. We are lawyers, accountants. Like We just went like, hey, there's students. Like, let's just go. And we saw in Colombia, we saw a whole tribe come to a whole village, gave their lives to Jesus. Like, we saw wild stuff happen. And in that time, um, I had an encounter. And in this encounter, I saw a picture. I felt, God, I said, God, like, what are you showing me? What are you building in me? Like, I was still a little bit confused about this America thing. And I felt God say to me, he says, I, I saw, it's kind of strange, I don't know how to explain it. I, I saw like blueprints. And I felt God said, I'm building a kingdom builder that will build it with kingdom ideas. And I was like, what? I don't even know. It sounds so big. What does it mean? Now, long story short, at the end of the day, what God started building into me is even like, hey, when I started asking you to come with me, right, and to follow me, the invitation was to fellowship and relationship. The invitation was not to build upward mobility and ministry success. You can superimpose your drive for sports success onto Christianity and have that self, sure. that same self-interest in ministry and just mask it and get praise of man. Absolutely. And make money. And, and I felt God, that phrase he gave me about kingdom building, he's like, it's my kingdom, Gabe, it's not yours. It's my thing. And the invitation is me. The invitation is not greatness. I'm the great one. And I think in that time, like with me doing these worship nights, and this cool stuff happened, but it was still small. Right? I was like, oh. And God really confronted me with like, do I want him? And in that time, like God just showed me what does intimacy mean? What does it mean to love him? And so since then, we, as, as friends, have a simple habit. We just ask God, Lord, what are you doing? And what do you want us to do with you? Mm. Right, and now, where I'm standing here today, I think our, the mission space we started, this is, is, we're part of Youth of the Mission. Our base is, in the last three years, we grew from 27 staff to 110 full-time missionaries from 16 nations. We speak 21 languages. Mm. Seen 17,000 people come to the Lord. None of that is crusades. All of that is street evangelism. Sure. Um, this year, we've went to 52 nations in Africa. We have done 408 gatherings in people's living rooms, gathered over 35,000 people in those small settings. And none of those were our good strategic ideas. We went like, God, you're building your kingdom. How are we possible? And just being led by the Spirit in those environments, yeah. just, well, God, what are you doing? Let's Yeah, let's do it, let's, right? Yeah. And, 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 and the half, the, the, there's two sides to the coin, right? Again, now, I have a degree in politics and philosophy. I have a master's in theology. Like, it's not, like, doesn't, 
What I'm talking about isn't like just airy-fairy. It's, it's, I feel it's concrete, right? But it's like Moses and Jethro, right? Moses goes up the mountain. God gives him blueprints. And then Jethro comes and tells him how to manage his people, right? And, and, and in our movement, in Youth of the Mission, we always talk about the, the, the interworking between revelation and reason. Revelation in? And reason. God gives revelation, and then he made me in his image to use my reason on how to obey that revelation. And as friends, like, and understanding the, the, the temptation of ministry success, we just, our co-creating was the joy is found in Matthew 28 of finding Jesus. Like, like, I remember when I was with Randy, there was one day we were ministering, and this lady got healed of stage 4 cancer, right? She, I, I was at a meeting on the Monday night, and she, um, I, I stopped in front of her house at the wrong parking on accident, she cusses me out. I was like, oh, so sorry, auntie, I didn't mean that. Immediately I get a word on her, just something wrong with her blood. So I said, hey, is there anything wrong with your blood? She has blood cancer, stage four, she's going to die. She's like standing there, sitting there, cussing me. I said, hey, can I maybe pray for you? And I was like, I, I know you probably don't want prayer. And she starts crying. She's like, yeah, please pray for me. I'm so afraid to pray for this lady. Um, that weekend, I'm at the conference. She walks up right the stage. Literally, Bob Hazlitt is speaking. She takes the mic. I recognize her. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. She's like, is there a Gabriel? He came and prayed for me at my house. And she's like, I just want to say I went to the doctor and they can't, can't find the cancer. Oh, come on. And I'm like, Praise Jesus. what the heck? It was like, wild. And but here's the thing. I remember I went back to my room and I sat on my bed. And I said to God, God, if this, all, if this is all there is, will you take my life? And I felt just the Lord speak to me and says, Gabe, like, all of the success in the world cannot feed you. Mm. I feed you. I'm life. Ministry activity is not life. And so a lot of our co-creating, the, the desire behind it is like life is found in Him. Absolutely. And it's a way that we kind of do it. So, yeah, so, so on that, I mean, I've experienced it myself. It's just when I travel and when I minister places, I'm like, okay, what's, what's motivating me? And there's just one mm. thing. Same. I want to see Jesus. Amen. I want just behind the people, mm. Jesus. I just, you satisfy. Exactly. Nothing else satisfies. Exactly. Not the miracles, not the yeah. crowd, nothing but Jesus. Yeah. And I think when you get to that place, so I love what you're saying, it will sustain you for yes. life and you will stay on track. Because yes. if the other stuff is what you're trying, then you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna lose it. You're going to yeah. compromise on one level or another. Exactly. So that's beautiful. And, and the shocking thing, Matthew 7, right? Get away from an era new. You all know that verse, right? It's, all, it's been used against all of us somewhere. If you're charismatic and ministry, trusting God for the miraculous. The, the, the thing that rocks me about that verse is not that like Jesus says, get away from me. is that he allowed you to get what you want and it was power. God allows us to get what we want, even if it's not him. And like a lot of times when I would speak to young guys in ministry, I tell them, hey, like, go for it. Be wild. God is wilder than we can imagine. But you need to realize that if you want ministry success and not Jesus, he will give it to you because he's not an insecure leader. He's not going to go like, oh, no, success is mine. He's like, hey, you have the success. I'll stand in the side and wait. And I think like that is such an important thing in this conversation. You go like, that's where, that's where we feed from. Absolutely. That's where life is found is in loving him, knowing him. So, yeah, so it's, like, it's like also just discovering again. So something that God has just reminded me about the last few weeks again. is like, it's not about me. 
It's not about me. It's just Amen. do his will, love people, serve people, but it is not. And I think what I told some of our guys, it starts off with God, this is for you. And it's mm. because I love people. And then somewhere down the line, it becomes about self. When you do ministry, yeah. that's the biggest temptation. Yeah. It's like the enemy comes yes. and he puts the focus on you mm. and the and the praise mm. and the influence. And Jesus is saying it's not about yeah. that. It's about it's about him. Yeah. So I just concur. It's beautiful. Yeah. And as, I think the church fathers talk about our love. And they say every Christian starts out, I love God for me. Then you mature a bit. And then I love God for you, for effectiveness. And then... We get to this place where I say, I love God for God. It's not what he can give me. It's not how effective I can be for him. It's who he is. Yeah, beautiful. And so that's like for me, a lot of times in my life, I was like, Lord, like help my heart to stay pure. Mm. And of course, like God is not, again, he's not insecure. So if you're impure, he's not going to like smite you down now. He's like, hey, Gabe, you're going to get over yourself soon. That's great. You figure it out. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I think in this whole conversation on co-creating, um, a, a, a part of the, the co-creating conversation is this, is that we're made in God's image, right? And he put us in a garden, right? And we didn't stay in gardens. We built cities everywhere, right? Like good, like I think T.D. Jakes says, as he says, God never gave us cherries, he gave us trees, right? And so there's, there's a portion of human nature because we're made in the image of a creator God, Genesis, right? One, there's a part of human nature that's built on the desire to create. And, and in, in, in our stream with the youth of the mission and how we believe about hearing God's voice, like our whole movement started with a vision. This guy I had about young people going from everywhere to everywhere. Hearing God's voice is one of our pillar things we believe in the details, not just in who should I marry and small things. So like a core value. Yes, yeah, a core value. It's how we make all of our decisions. Now, Lynn Cunningham says any mission, a missions movement dies when they have more plan, planning meetings and prayer meetings. Right? Sure. Oh. I think a large part of the church will be convicted with that one. Right, it's like you can have all the strategic planning you want, but like who leads your church? Yeah. Right. And so then um, with that understanding of God speaks, we're made in his image to create. What I believe and what we believe is like, well, I don't want to create an independence and ask God to bless it. Why don't I just bring my gifts? He knows me and says, hey, God, what do you want to do? And then I listen. Good plan. Right? I think it's great, right? Now, now the negative part of this plan is people can use it selfishly to go, like, if I go to him and he blesses, I will always succeed. That's, again, how we tweak it, right? But the hard posture is like, God, like, you know better. Is there anything you want to say about this plan of mine? And sometimes he tells me, no, do what you think is right. Great. Then I study. I use my mind. and I go build it, right? Sometimes he goes like, yeah, I actually have a pretty good idea. You don't believe it, right? And then we follow him. So let me tell two stories quickly. First story is we just planted our base, 27 people. And um, we were going to start with a circuit. The one in Poch. In Poch's room, right? We planted 27 people there. We had this whole plan. That we How gonna, many years ago? This was three years ago, three and a half years ago, 2019, December. Um, we had this whole plan. We are going to hit 50 high schools, have the circuit, start with young people, um, and kind of just introduce them to Jesus, da 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 da, da. We have our first leadership planning meeting, and we see this picture. This picture is of a prayer room being built. And God says, if you build an altar, they will come. And I go, what does this mean? And so God said to us in prayer, scrap everything else you're doing, build a house of prayer. And we're like, okay, so we go to our team, we tell them, people are pretty upset. So we physically go build a house of prayer. We build this house of prayer. Not physically build a... 
you know, we had a house, we have a house of prayer, right? Yeah. Like last night we had a 12 hour burn, right? From six to six, it was phenomenal. Oh, um, awesome. Tons of university students, high school kids, our staff, people from town praying together for 12 hours. It was amazing. And then we built this house of prayer about a week and a half before it's done. We have another prayer meeting. Hey God, like is there anything else you want to say? We felt God said, build a website, make 52 days of prayer, like give topics for 52 days. And then um, give people opportunity to do Moravian hours. Moravian hours says you pray for an hour for 24 hours. Each person picks an hour, right? And then make a, a, a map online that you can see where people are praying from in the world, right? So we build a website. The day that the website is done built, right, COVID hits. <laughs> Brilliant timing. Once say, right? God. That, wow. That's God. Praise God. I'm not the leader. <laughs> Praise God. He's the leader. Right? He, he knew he global pandemics <laughs> is about to hit us, right? Our mission base is set up all of a sudden for prayer. We have 52 days of planned prayer. We have a global strategy on how we're going to, and we had 700 people from 13 nations for 24 hours for 52 days. Wow. And if you had asked me what sustained us during COVID and why, how we doubled the numbers after that was because God gave us an idea in prayer. It was on strategic planning. Now, of course, we used our brains. We have graphic designers with all the stuff that we practically did have to work our butts off to get it done. But it wasn't our initiative. We were responding to initiative. And in that co-creation, what God did is he built something that we can live up to. And the beauty of what happens if God builds something, John 4, he sustains it. If I build something, I have to sustain it. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that the story is one that has just shown us how God leads us in wild ways. I think maybe one more story. I had a dream um, about six months after that. And in this dream, a man comes to me, says, TU-144, TU-144, you better get ready. The plane's about to take off. Wake up from the dream, write it down. The next morning, quiet time. I said, God, what is this? Felt the Lord tell me, hey, the training school you're about to do, doesn't matter what happens, it can happen. Write it down. I felt God said, look at what TU-144 is. It will be a sign. Look at TU-144. Remember, the plane is about to take off. TU-144 was the name for the first ever supersonic jet plane, right? That was made by the Russians. It wasn't the Concorde. It was before the Concorde. So I didn't know that. I've never known that. Like That was like a word of knowledge and a dream. So for me, that's a sign. That next night, our president, Sir Ramaphosa, gets on the airwaves. He goes like, hey, we're in national lockdown. We can only have 50 people maximum gathering. We have more than 120 people coming to school. Our leadership team gets an emergency meeting, like, how are we going to do the school? I said, hey, guys, I had this dream. You won't believe it. Look, the journal wrote this down. God said, it doesn't matter. It's going to happen. We called three of our lawyer friends. Three years earlier, we got a prophetic word that whenever we do a school in South Africa, we should do it on a wildlife reserve outside of Potch. We get our lawyer friends. <laughs> this is wild. They look at the laws because the wildlife reserve has a conference venue. And it's built as a lodge for like humanitarian aid stuff as well. We divided our school into three different groups, sublented to each other. And because of that, there was a literal legal loophole and how we could do the whole school without breaking any laws, with having full integrity, literally like took it to people to look at it. They stamped it, this legal, you're allowed to do this. Because we co-created with God. Yeah. God has the answer. He has he the has solution. The he is and he has the solution. He has it. That's beautiful. Right. And so in that all, a part of what makes this, I in my heart is safe for leaders, is nobody can take the attention on themselves. Mm. He doesn't. And we just listen and obey and never give up.
Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I love what you're saying. So, I mean, co-creating with God is to, I mean, you need to make space. Of course. Yeah. You know, as you know, God, we want to, I think we tend to just lean on to the arm of the flesh. Yeah. I have an idea, well, we maybe pray about it, but we just, and I, 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 it's really cool the way you say it's like, it's, it's such a high value about yes. co-creating with yes. God, doing what he is doing yes. and just following him. And that is, I think that moves you in another dimension of prophetic alignment yes. with God. And that when you align, that's when God shows up. Huh? Of course. So that is just, that is uh, really, really powerful. So, yeah, thanks. Pleasure. Awesome. The things Gabriel shared that it really stirs me to not build the things of God in my own ability, not simply do my own good ideas, but to value the voice of God and to co-create with him. The Lord wants to lead you and lead you into expanding his kingdom for his glory. So seek to co-create with him this week. In the third and final session of the interview, Gabriel will stir some apostolic fire in you as he reveals how to pioneer a work of God through partnership with Jesus.